Jacko loves stray dogs. Beastie loves the Hear what they say about playing the game. You can't hear it today. I said now. Welcome back to Legal Counsel. This is a special show for a number of reasons. It's the first time we've ever been in the same room together recording a show. Jack, how you going, mate? Very good, thanks, Rui Harry. Nice to be at the uh, plush idea shed offices to just have a, uh, a bit of a, a podcast. Um, look, I think we can improve the listeners' experience tonight by not talking over each other and uh, yeah, talking some good rugby league. I think there's some good topics to talk about tonight. Um, the first thing I, I guess I have to do is make an apology to uh, our listeners. Um, I made a remark last week's show that could have been termed as um, ignorant or, you know, God forbid the R word uh, regarding Jonathan Thurston and his um, current state of his body and his mind. I apologise to all our Indigenous listeners and uh, First Nation cultures out there. Mate, yeah, couldn't agree with you more. I think it was... Uh... It wasn't intention to be like that, and we know we're big supporters of Indigenous um, people, and hopefully um, we can continue to uh, support well, also, in, the, in the future. Well, also, we're big supporters of the Alice Springs community, and I don't think I put the Alice Springs community in good light either, did I? Absolutely Have not. you been to Alice Springs? Probably not, right? No, I haven't, mate. Well, what do they call it now? They call it Uluru. Really? They've changed the name? Yeah, well, I think that's as long as I've been here, it's been an Uluru. Bullshit. If you yeah. go to the airport, it's in the airport, you don't oh, catch no, it's a, Uluru is, is, is rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My apologies, sorry. ignorance. Um, sorry, I haven't really, <laughs> haven't really endeared myself again. Well, not that I did the first so time. So how many, how many NRL players have been born in Alice Springs? I can't ask I that. can't name one. How many have been born in Northern Territory that you know? Yes, there's someone. Who is it? Will Chambers. Yeah. Right, because when they went out to play, someone on the quarterfinals, like a homecoming for him. Yeah, yeah, good call. Will Chambers. He's back this week, isn't he, after a bit of a suspension? Or was he back last week? Yeah, he was back Two last weeks. week, yeah, yeah. He's still better than Curtis Scott. He's a massive underperformer this year. Yeah, see, well, he, was, was a... he was my centre for New South Wales, Curtis Scott, when I wrote down my team at the start of the season. I said that he would partner with Josh Dugan. But I don't think... He, he hasn't made a whimper of it. As I've said, as I've said, Supercoach, mm-hmm. Draft, the Fantasy Edition... Mm-hmm. Gives you another dimension on players because you'll often pick a player in the draft that you you rate and then you have quite a bit of respect for. When they have to score points for you and you have to watch them, you realise that they're, they're bludgers. And yeah, Curtis Scott's one of them. That's just to say though, and this is careful, I reckon, what fantasy sports can do to your impression of actually it takes away watching the game and watching the intricacies of the game and you actually start judging players purely on their stats rather than their performance. And I think, I reckon that's done a lot for negatively for American sports is where you just look at box scores. You don't actually, if you're a fantasy player, do you actually have to watch the game? You just need to watch the stats. Where I reckon league, you need to balance that out with watching games. Oh, that was a good point. And that's why you're, you're pretty anti the rugby league fantasy sort of uh, way things are going, aren't you? No, I, I, I just have got too much other fantasy in my life. With, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, we do have a, a guy we both know, and I'd call him a mate, a gentleman, um, who Mark Berry, who is a uh, prison warden in Victoria. Mm. Apparently, he has eight fantasy teams on the go. Really? And yeah. what's different sports? I know he plays different sports. Baseball, even. I have any guys. Do you know has a baseball fantasy team? Well, do you know that fantasy sports actually originated in baseball, 
And you know how they call it Roto Sports? Yeah, yeah, Roto you know, World. Roto World. Yeah. Well, do you know what the Roto is actually short for? Nah. You've it's, told me. It's short for when they originally invented fantasy sports, these group of guys came together and they called it the Rotisserie League because they got together and ate rotisserie chicken. You've told me that was brilliant. <laughs> so they got together, played fantasy baseball. And back in the days of fantasy, and I actually can relate to this playing. Fantasy Super 12 with a Christchurch Press competition oh. where you actually had to ring up and check your points. You mailed, you cut, you cut out the paper and you had your team and you made changes and then you'd ring up like a hotline and you'd find out where you, where you were in the whole of the city. I got 50th once and it was the greatest run of my life. I think I remember it's 1997, that. 98 kind of thing. So, yeah. And it's never really taken off New Zealand, has it? Uh, fantasy rugby, I don't think so, but... Um, fantasy, from all reports, fantasy NRL, it's pretty, you're pretty happy with how things are going at the moment. No, it's going to I'm last on the table, but again, that just shows, even, if, you, even if you host Australia's former number one podcast, you're going to be shit at fantasy, you know? How many, the biggest thing about fantasy is to get past the people that you want in the team versus the people that do well. How many Kiwis are in your team? <laughs> oh, I, had a, I had a boy at one stage, I was going to do um, my whole team a Kiwis, team. but I had to get rid of that because people picked. Because Kiwis are so good, they were picked up early in the draft. True. Um, now I've got a theory that I only play in doubt players that are playing during the daytime, during the weekend. Really? So I believe that daytime players score more points than nighttime players. Interesting. Yeah. In terms of daytime 40, nighttime 40, we're six weeks into the season. What, look, we did this a couple of weeks ago. What's your big observations? I think that we are quarter of the way through the season I think that you've always got the traditional rabbit at the top of the table which I think that if you looked at the top four you would probably pick out a couple of rabbits there right now I don't think that of the top four Dragons, Panthers, Warriors, Tigers I think there's a lot of people, the general rugby league public are not believers in some of these teams who do you think is legit out of the top four? I think the Panthers, Dragons and Tigers are uh, look, I know you're going to hate me for this, but Paul Kent, um, and we don't like talking about it, but I actually do respect Paul Kent in some ways. He uh, said last night on Fox League that he reckons three of the four teams that are there are going to stay in the top four. And he said that they were the Dragons, Panthers, Warriors. That they're going to stay in the top four. He didn't actually say that the Tigers are going to be outside the eight. Hmm. Um, and I don't, he, said, I don't, he said the Tigers are going to be outside the eight. No, he, said, no, he never said that. He just said well, three of those four now will stay in the top four. Now, I agree with that in a way, but I, I think the Tigers have shown enough for me. And the, the coaching is that they they will be top four. They are, they've had a tough run. Like, if you look at their draw, they have played the Storm twice, the Roosters... They lost to the Broncos on a dog act. Yeah. And the Broncos aren't as bad as other teams think they are. I... Yeah, look, the Broncos were okay in the weekend. I think that they were almost flawless in the first half against the Warriors. Looking at the Warriors, I think you've got this Warrior supporter that's just high in life for the first five weeks. Can't believe their luck. And then one loss, and they start to think, oh, shit. I think there's a few people that are going, oh, shit, I hope that this is not the beginning of the end for us. But... I think genuinely the Warriors played fairly second fiddle to the Broncos in the weekend, but they were competing and almost competed to the end of the game. They could have won the game, so I think it's a loss that they had to have. I actually think all four teams definitely made the eight. I agree with you. There's, there's Dragons and Panthers, for me, definite top four teams. 
Yeah. And I think Warriors and Tigers, they'll be top oh, yeah. one, one of them will be there or thereabouts. But I think top five, top six, all of those teams will be top six. Which makes me think, you know, you look further down the eight, the Storm. The Storm aren't going to miss the eight. They're just too much of an institution. No, no. The Roosters have got too much talent. So you've got the top six there, we're basically saying, are going yeah. to be the top eight. And the- then for me, it is right. Everything is on for the seventh and eighth positions. I could say the Rabbitohs, Broncos, Titans, Knights, Raiders, Sea Eagles, Sharks, Bulldogs, Cowboys are all in contention. Eels, put a black mark through them. Correct, but look, when I look at that table now, and I look at seven and eight, Rabbitohs and Broncos, those two teams have shown me enough that they can limp into the eight. They could limp into the eight and they don't you. No, it's guys like you, Rito, that start staying off one minute. That's when he starts going good. I don't... He, mate, they were flawless. It's one of those games. That was a good... No and, and they got rid of Cody Nicarima. No, Nicarima, yeah. No, they did well. I think but I we are the bad side. We didn't look uh, Not a, we. Warriors are not a bad side. The Warriors are... They were good. But the Broncos were impressive. And Jermaine Izarko. Brilliant. Corey Oates, I've never seen him play that well for a long time. What is it with Corey Oates? Does he just have two really fucking good games a year? I hear, I hear that he's going to South Sydney. I've heard that rumour too. I don't believe it. Why not? Broncos you know, Broncos do not let, they Taylor. don't let players that good go. Dave Taylor? He's a great <laughs> example. Oh, I feel for Cody Nicarima. He has... It's not his fault. I think he's a... Um, just be careful on that, just squeaky chair. Really sorry. <laughs> I think that um, Nick Arim is a bench player. He's a 50-minute guy. Again, like, in his absolute pomp. He played well last year, but two years ago, or three years ago, in the grand final, bringing him off the bench after 50 minutes is a game-changer. Just keep him off the bench. He's a 30, 40-minute player. He will be a game-changer. When he retires, we'll remember him as a good player, a good bench player. Yes. Is there anyone in history you can sort of talk about like that? John Plath. Play definitely. He is the original bench player from the Broncos. Yep. Effective Paliasina. Oh, he never, he started really. They, it's those guys that don't play well when they start. Uh, I think that for me, when you talk about bench players, there's two bench units that stand out for me yep. in great teams. And the first bench unit I want to talk about is the storm winning team of 1999. You had Matt Ruhr, Ben Rorty, Danny Williams and Russell Bowden. Yeah, and that yeah. was just this bench unit that came on and just phenomenal. The other one was the 2003 Panthers Premiership winning team. Luke Swain, Shane Rodney, Trent Waterhouse, and fuck, Panthers going to kill me for this. Was it, it must have been a bet. Ben Ross. Ben Ross. Now that well, who was staying, staying up front? The hair bears. No. No, no, Martin Lang. Martin Lang, you're right. With... Uh, who was the other prop then? Joel Clinton. Joel Clinton. Mm. How good was Clinton in those early years? Oh, no, he was good. And then they had Luke Rooney on the wing. Ever since that Sunny Bill hit on him, when his hair went back and it's like <laughs> the sweat, the condensation. Um, anyway, we, we, we're going down now. So basically, what's your so your top eight is in our opinion? What top six are? That's that, the, top six. the eight as it stands today. Well, with the eight comes the ten. Wow, wow, we. So you're saying Cowboys? No. No. No, no, look at them. I'm going to bet you a, a nice feed of Thai Ooh. ribs, like just a sticky Thai ribs, <laughs> that the Cowboys finish in the top eight. 
Have you seen the state of them? Doesn't matter. And they've got origin to deal with. Doesn't matter. Wow. What about, what about like people slagging off Michael Morgan? The, who was last yeah, year? I know, I know, last, I know. In the last six to eight weeks of last year, best player in the world, hands down, wasn't he? Yes, incredible. No one better. It just changed so quickly. So it was Tao Malolo. He's a fr- fraction of himself. Mate, to be honest, I'll give him, I'll give him, I'll give him a leeway there. Actually, he's played a lot of football. He's been okay. He's played a lot of football. Do you reckon that, you know, how set people get in game plans, right? So last year, when the Cowboys, like, they were rolling, and they had this game plan of, like, Tamalolo plays pretty much the first 30 minutes. minutes, Yeah. Then he rests the the last 10 of the first half and the first... And the, and the 15, 15 of the second half, and then plays the end. Do you think they need to recess things like that? Are they just like, like you know, are they just like season specific things? I think if you're the opposing coach, right? If you know what the other coach is going to do by it's almost like the sun comes up every day, you can change your game plan. What if he just played him for 60 minutes? He tried in the final, he just tried to destroy the storm. Yeah, why couldn't he play for 80 minutes in a grand for like one game? Like, and this is... The, you conditioned I, them. I started to think about this the other day, right? And I was looking at a team, and you know how someone's teams have a back as the 17th man? And yeah. he comes on and plays, like, 10 minutes. Like, often Shane Flanagan um, does it often. You should do it with Jared yeah. Beer when he comes on and plays 10 minutes. The yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you doing when the guy actually, Anthony Jalian... But, but you know that's an insurance policy, that if you lose a back... Yeah, so so that reminds me, the fitter the teams are, do they actually need, like, do you need to look at your bench and say, well, I want my players actually not going off the field. I want them playing more than 50, 60 minutes. So I think that we're getting to a point where teams are getting so fit and the game is at a stage where you actually need to look at your bench and go, well, fuck it. So I'm not going to bring my front row off for a, like a traditional two different interchanges. I want them playing 60 minutes. So maybe you just like completely change your bench with just freakish guys like, like we said about Nicaragua, maybe you've got two or three Nicaraguas that you just throw on the field at once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well, an old coach of mine, um, uh, Clarky, was Mitch, he used to have this equation. So our big boppers, Paul Farrell and uh, James Tronk, the, the minute they came out on the first half, depended on how many penalties the ref blew. So he had this equation, so often they would come out 19th minute, 23rd minute, but it would depend on how many penalties the ref blew, because he believed that the more penalties in the game, the more breath they could take and they could play a little bit longer. And they were, like those guys, Bump and James Tronk were big. Do you name the equation? And who was this guy? No, he did show, I can't remember what it was. Scott Tronk? No, it's his cousin. Yeah, so Scott indigenous played, guy. Scott Run, played um, gentleman, Origin and, for Queensland. One game, I think. Yeah. Yeah, so the media reader they were used to call And then, shh, who's the trunk that played for the Cowboys? No, hang on. That was the trunk. There's, well, there's, a, there's a Shane trunk. That Shane played trunk played for the, the Cowboys. Late, in the, in the late, so, yeah, and Scott trunk in the late 90s played one game from the Bulldogs for Queensland. No. You did? No. Are you confused with uh, no, John no. Buttigieg? No, no, I'm not. Yeah. So that equation, I actually had a mate who had the equation and he said that, and he said, we're looking for a place to live. Ooh. If a league team thrives, the chief will <laughs> reside. Right. And he's moved to Hallsville, hasn't he? Yeah, he well, has, which is a very, very rugby league city for... Uh, rugby league town, village. Rugby league town, yeah. village, exactly. Um, back to that sort of, you're talking about different seasons of Tamalolo and stuff. Made me think the other day, is like, within the salary cap era, I guess you can pin a lot of different things on... There's so much variability year to year. 
Yeah. And I guess take out the storm. And even with the Broncos, who used to be like, the, the Broncos used to be good every single year, right? Certain, and maybe you can say the Roosters, but for different reasons. But I feel like in this current What are the era, different reasons? Because they checked. Well, I would say that the Broncos, I would say the Broncos and the Roosters have got so much means beyond the salary cap that they're going to be good every year. The Storm are good every well, year because, because of their system. No, I think they've got third-party sponsors. And, and Which is cheating. And it's, uh, illegal, it's illegal cheating. Okay. Have you seen Basketball Diaries? Yes. How did they end up signing him to that college? Basketball Diaries? That's when Leonardo DiCaprio got on the H. Sorry, I'm getting confused again. I'm thinking about he got game. Yeah. They put a couple of birds in his room. Exactly. So, do the Broncos. Jesus, do do My point was around year-to-year variation. I feel like every year, so go back last year, look at the Eels, made the top four. Same team this year, yep. down the bottom. Yeah. Year before that, Raiders, one yeah. game away from making the grand final. Shit year the year after. I feel like season to season variability in our game. Look at the fucking Warriors this year compared to last year. I know. Look at the Tigers this year. The Dragons, same as last year. You've got this, like, consistency is... It's very hard to be consistent in the NRL now. What do you put that down to, do you reckon? Well, it's a salary cap. But yeah, and we police our salary cap. How often do we get teams busted? And you've got to give Tom Greenberg a very... You've got to give him a pat on the back. We are policing it, and our game is very equal. The problem is... Why don't my, my issue with policing the salary cap these days is back in the day you got points stripped, no questions oh, asked. Last year, no, yeah. two years ago, remember the Eels? Like people get at this, they lost like eight with Kieran Point was there. I know, I they know. Lost, and they almost made the eight in the end. Didn't they? Yeah, yeah, I think they, yeah, yeah. Why, why didn't? So how do you determine if you get fined or you lose points? Well, I agree. I think there's a double standard there that has to be sorted out because, but it's also the NRL fan like. Yeah, to me, if I was if I was an Eels fan, I would probably take the eight points. But if you're like just a rugby league fan, it sort of ruins the season for you. Because like, if, if that game, every game they play in, sort of doesn't have that same uh, impetus and feeling about. Like getting fined as a club, if you're getting that money, like finding a club does nothing. Yeah, and nothing. some and some clubs can afford more than others. It's like does nothing. It's, so like, you, it's, like, it's like me uh, driving down Pacific Highway at 160 k's per hour and getting fined 300 bucks versus uh, Elon Musk driving down at 300 k's an hour and getting fined 300 bucks. So that 300 bucks affects us differently. I guess so that's not that's not egalitarian, is it? No, I guess that though. Yeah. Okay, but I think clubs... Okay, sorry, getting fined... Sorry, that's my point. It's getting fined cost the Seagulls, and, and this is from all reports that Mitchell Pearce was going to sign with them, but he didn't because of the salary gap issues that they had at the time. And they've also had to offload a couple of players like Darcy Lussick, who is a potential New South Wales... Well, he was. <laughs> for mine, he was going to play New South Wales. New South Wales, hopeful. Off the bench. And he's had to go to the Toronto Wolfpack... <laughs> Any any bulges for the Blues? And I was going to name my Blues team, so I'm going to I'm going to try and find. Can so we? Can we? Where, uh, where, where are you going? I want to find my Blues team. Okay, I just wanted to mention that. Any, I, any bulges? I want, I want to know. Oh, Kurt Gidley. No, I, I don't. Kurt uh, Bolters. Luke Bateman. Really? Nah, shit. No, he is. 
and I've said, I think I said it last year, uh, last week, he is the worst offensive player in the NRL. Luke Bagman. Yeah, before we get on to your Blues team, I think clubs have to start getting a bit more creative about uh, the way they spend their money, right? Mm-hmm. So obviously the salary cap is policed, okay? By Ian Millwood. By Ian Millwood, yeah. He's this mythical guy, Ian Millwood. Mate, he's, he's, got a, he's a chartered accountant, okay? Oh, he actually used to be the... He won a premiership of the Roosters in 73, didn't he? Yeah, he's, he's St. Helens man, isn't he? But anyway... Yeah. yeah. There's ways, if you are onto it and smart, that you can... And you, say you've got $100 million to spend, but you can only spend $9 billion on players. This is how you build a dynasty. Through your age group, like you start getting uh, a guy that retired from your club. So let's say Jamie Lyon retires from Manly. Not, he's probably not the right because he never respected Manly. No, no, I'm talking, about, a, I'm no, talking no. about Jason King. Yeah. Lawyer. You bring him up, is he? Yeah. Right. Okay, so you probably wouldn't do this, but you bring him up and you say, Jason, I'll pay you $400,000 a year. What you have to do for, for the rest of his life. So he's going, he'll go right, he'll retire, okay? So this is when he's retired? This is when he's retired, when he's ended his career. And you go, you just keep going. What you need to do, you need to start out at um, Blacktown workers under 18s need a, need a coach. They're going to pay you about, I don't know, 80 grand a year. Take that, but we'll just supplement you with 400 grand a year. Now, you coach well. You work your way up over about, oh, it could take five years seven years you work your way up the um the ranks of rugby league uh coaches and then we will never pick you but when the opportunity comes and the Parramatta first grade coach um uh position is open you'll apply we'll keep paying you we'll keep paying you what what were you getting to the coach just makes Parramatta shit if you do that for about six clubs and everyone like who says this Hansel was not paid by Manly to ruin the dogs people aren't motivated by that mate people want to do well for themselves they want to win people's will to win but what if you love your club so much you wouldn't do that for the Warriors nah I wouldn't mate I'd want to win my own I'd be, you, you have, you've had a shocker you've had a shocker here you, oh. you, you need to go and have a real think about that. I want dynasties. I want dynasties back. I want the St. George Sixties dynasty. What, what, you know what I thought you were going with this? I actually thought you had a little bit of um, merit, is that you had Jason King, you were paying him to go and coach Blacktown, but yep. he had forged all these great relationships with these Penrith guys, and then you get Jason King to come back to Manly and bring uh, all these players with him. Well, that's what a fucking dynasty could be. Okay. But instead, you're trying to pay him to go lose for another <laughs> team. You're off here. Anyway, back to my Blues team. But Des has the must have done that. Because he... Sorry the dogs fans out there, but he's put you in a hard position. Unless you guys win tomorrow night and you guys are back on it. I think that the dogs win in, in North Queensland is the most surprising win that I can remember in the last two or three years. I, said, yeah. I, said, I was this close to texting him, mate, loves punting. Put your fucking mortgage on 13 plus Cowboys. And I didn't end up doing it for one reason or another. And they lost 13 plus at home to the dogs of all teams. Good on the dogs, though. Good to see you. Um, right, here's my team. Here's my New South Wales team. Now, this is a, a providing on a couple of injuries. Fullback, Tom Dubuirovich. Not even close. No, yeah, no doubt. Daylight second. Winger, who's the best winger in the world, Josh Mansell. Centre, who I've just scratched. Curtis Scott has now been scratched for Dylan Walker. 
Wow. Out of centre, Josh Dugan. Wing. I don't actually know his first name. Cottridge from the Raiders. Nick Cottridge. Nick Cottridge. Halves, Maloney and Cleary. I think Cleary will be fit. He's no, Cleary isn't fit. Maybe Jack Bird. Just because he's just a hard cunt and he can, he's built for the Origin Arena. <laughs> <laughs> Jake Trebojevic at 13. Yeah. Probably one of my favourite, as we said last year, favourite Anglo-Saxons yeah. uh, the other show in, in the world. Tyson Frizzell at 12. Boyd Cordner, who's been bloody average this year, who's playing hurt or something's wrong with him. He's been shit, but he is the captain. And he, he's a fine player, so he's going to play there. Sharon Woods at 10. Wow, that's a big call from you. Oh, he plays well at that level, man. He plays well. For yeah, right. when he plays for straight, he plays really well. Agreed, agreed, but yeah. The hooker, provided he's going to pledge, Abby Coruscant. Yeah, okay. If he's not available, then you go Cook. Damien Cook. What about the experience that um, young Pete Scott in that arena last year? No, nah, but he's out for six weeks and he's yeah, a shit okay. player. Nathan Pete is a shit player that played a couple of good games at Origin. He's not a good player. <laughs> Well, then you, who's your next? Carl, Carl, Carl Lawton? I don't want to lose Carl Lawton. Uh, and my number eight is Regan Campbell-Gillard. Oh, he is playing good football at the moment, Reed Harry. Now, then on the bench, right? Just replacing a guy as we speak. What, you're replacing... Okay, so Wade Graham at 14. Yep, Jack all right, Wade. Paul Vaughan. And I've just replaced... Now, this may be controversial. I've just replaced David Cleaner with Tyrone Peachy. Oh, I, 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 did I tell you that in the weekend? I was like, why isn't Tyrone talked about... He's your back guy. He's my guy that comes on and changes the game. When Dugan does a shoulder. Yeah, but Tyrone Peachy's also the guy that if you're down by four in the Origin Arena <laughs> with eight minutes to go and He'll you throw Tyrone Peachy on there... Is there is there's two guys that... If your team's down by four with six minutes to go and the opposition's got the ball and there's one guy just the running, running, got the ball. running directly across field and your defence is standing still watching <laughs> a guy, is there anyone in the whole competition that's more scary than Tyrone Peachy? No, no, I totally agree. He can. He is a... Oh, people use the term too, um, too uh, loosely, but he's a footballer. He is. He can play... Like, pick someone, there was something about what is Tyson Peachy's best position and I'm like there's he no he gives a fuck he gives exactly. any position no he doesn't need a position you, you put him on the field like I think modern day rugby league is you just play in zones don't you you've got like the, yeah. the, the, the sideline zone you've got the centerish yeah. zone and you've got the middle zone which yeah, is yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. fuck who cares he like, could play any of the zones he can play any of the zones yeah. I reckon Tyron Pitcher could play fullback he could I'm not doubting you um all right. What what else do you want to what else are you you want to chat about? There's this thing that we've been repeatedly told about players' socks. Can you explain it to me? Because I'm struggling with it. Oh, yeah, I don't really understand it either. This is we've got a bit of feedback on Twitter and uh, the WhatsApp social media forum about players are cutting their socks off and taping them to some grippy. I don't know if you guys have watched it closely, but you have to watch it on um, HD. And they've got this grippy stuff. Actually, Rehurry, maybe we have to put it on the um, the photo that goes on SoundCloud. Yeah, we will. Yeah, so, so people can understand what's happening. So they're actually cutting their socks off at the ankles, and then they try and tape it 
to this grippy thing that goes in underneath their boots, and it looks hopeless. Why are they doing it? Well, I've, I don't know, but I've heard a theory. It's because some players are sick of losing their boots, and Josh Reynolds is throwing it into the crowd. <laughs> but hang on. <laughs> but how many of them... You lose your boot... One, once, twice a year. Once a year. Yeah, depends what position. So from what I understand is that these these new grippy socks, right? They're ankle-based socks. Yeah. And they can't put them over the top of their footy socks, so they're cutting their footy socks bottoms out. Yeah. And they are putting these grippy socks on the bottom, and then they're keeping their footy socks, but they're pretending or taping it. The taping, I've seen people taping it, yeah. And almost one of the more ridiculous things that you can even think of, like... Just tie your fucking boots up tighter, mate. Seriously. <laughs> well, I always thought if you didn't wear springs, could you be good at NRL? Nah, you can't, could you? You wouldn't get the grip. Well, springs, I don't think a lot of players don't use springs anymore, mate. You're kidding. They use blades. Well, that, well that's what I mean, some sort of grip. I was, I was saying, well, if we, if the NRL in the off-season like next year goes, boots are banned, Tyrone Pitch would become an immortal. Barefoot Leighton. Barefoot Leighton. Okay, on the spot. I'll put you on the spot. Barefoot. Who are you picking? Who's your first picked on a barefoot team? Suliasi Vunivali. Every Fijian. They're okay, born so barefoot. Barefoot league, sometimes you get a dry track, but sometimes you get a wet track. Imagine <laughs> your wet track barefoot. But I think just Fijians just get the job. They, they, they don't yeah. wear boots. I think you're right. I think that there's going to be a lot more Fijians. Coruscant in or, the Origin Arena. I think Kumals as well. Oh, <laughs> They would have won 30 World Cups. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so look, a couple other things we're going to cover. Real topical at the moment. Probably something that we don't feel comfortable talking about because it's just a dumb thing, but Israel Folau. Oh, look, I think the free market should uh, work its course. How old is he now? 31? 29. Okay. Look, if, if you can learn anything from the Jared Hayne debacle at Parramatta, the Benji... Ma- I'm going to say it's a semi-debacle. Benji Marshall coming back. Look, you don't, you don't pick Benji him... Benji Marshall coming back? What do you mean? Benji Marshall coming back from Rara oh, and yeah. at the St. George Dragons and the start of his Broncos, he was shit. And I think... What do you mean? Well, I'm talking about Israel Folau talking about Jesus. I'm, I'm talking about... What are you getting to here? I'm giving you an example why... He could come back shit. So I'm saying, take the Jesus thing out of it. He, he, I think it's too big. If he, even if he didn't say that thing about um, uh, gay people would go to hell. This is what I'm talking about. This no, but that's what. what I'm hang on, mate. For a start, he's talking about gay people going to hell, right? Mm. Take that out. Let's say, let's pretend he didn't say that. I still wouldn't bring him back to leave. It's okay. just too risky for okay. the money. How much does he make in union? Lots. More yeah, you can't is, match it. Well, my it, point is, do you think that society just gives too much of a free pass to people that religion? It's a, too much of an excuse. What if I was an atheist, right, my belief, and I went out there and said uh, comments disrespectful for people that are Christians, and I was at the top of my game. What do you think then? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would be gone. It's a, it's a For me, like the Australian Rugby Union have just missed a massive trick. It's like, cool, respect your decision. Israel, completely respect you're a Christian. But you know what? We can't afford to have those kind of comments because they can be misconstrued um, by too many people. They've upset too many people. On you go. Hang they on. Need they don't need him. Isn't he their best player? It doesn't matter. 
a fullback, it doesn't matter. The whole concept, right. I reckon, sport in the last three or four years is that no player, and I reckon this is more and more and more ingrained. You've seen it in Australian cricket with they're prepared to get rid of David Warner and Steve Smith and, to make a point. Mate. To make they got point. rid of them because they were dicks. Nah, David Warner was a dick. Steve Smith was removed. They had to make a point, right? They had to make examples of people. For years and years and years, different teams have gone, right, we're not going to pick dickheads. We're just going to, like, I reckon now, the time is now is you can't be bigger than the game. Whereas in the past, you could be. You could well, well, there's a theory that uh, you give respect to people that are religious, whatever creed and that you are, because that religion keeps people sane and stops them coming to rob you in that, I guess. What? But no, I, do, I reckon our kids in our kids' generation... The, the, they, no one will stand for that. No one will stand for those comments in our kids' generation. No. Nah. Well, like, we're getting more and more of a world where they'll go... Well, hang on, but then, then you're moving away from free speech. I don't think that, that free speech in sports... Like, you're out of free oh, speech... Oh, okay, because he's getting employed by something. Yeah, I agree. You're out yeah. free speech in sports, that's fine, but doesn't mean that as a franchise you have to fucking... You don't want to deal with someone. No, exactly. I mean, if his contract says... I mean, that, to, me, I, to me, I now think that rugby union are... Destiny's church based and sleep like gay people. Yeah, like and, and, and the biggest response yeah. of Qantas is very sympathetic to um, gay, gay rights. Yeah, because I've seen a few of their... Yeah, and in my, in my opinion, absolutely happy for him to have those right, uh, have that view. But you don't... Just don't express it. No, you know, no, don't no, express no, it in social media. I, I actually agree with you. But what I'm saying, take away that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't pay that money for him anyway. No, I don't think he's that good. Well, uh, he was he was amazing, but he's been playing so VFL. Now, I, I take that back. He he is he is very good. Has been always good. Fuck, I forgot about the AFL experiment. Yeah, so he's going to be coming back. Come up with Huntman to um, AFL. Oh, that was just the most surprisingly out of the blue thing I've ever seen in my life. So let's. What if Carmel Hunt stayed in league? The sky is the limit. No bullshit. He would have retired at twenty-seven by a Jarrell Yo-Yo injury. But you've got to remember, he started when he was 17. I know. Would so, he be playing for New Zealand now, like, pledged? No, I mean, it's just... No, no, no. The, the, the way he played the game, we've talked about this. It was, not, too... it was not sustainable. Like, Kieran Foran's yeah. been accused a lot of, like, just going too hard almost, like, just yeah. too physical. Definitely haven't come along, but I think he's a kind of player. He's a transcendent player that would have changed the way. He would have gone to number six or seven or nine or utility, and he would have just... His career would have gone different places. He was that good. He was, oh, I totally agree. Oh, oh, we, have never, we have never I been, I remember, we, as I think the uh, listeners know, we are New Zealand supporters. I don't think that was the, we were most gutted when he turned his back on us. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of back turning, like, you James Tamos, we almost laughed when he turned Yeah, I know, it was like, he can't even get And back. then when they tried to attack Sam Cassiano and Tamalolo and we got them both in the same, yeah, that was a big coup. But when Carmel Hunt pledged back in 2004, there was like a lump in my throat for a couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah. And I remember just this one thing stood out for me was when Owen Goodenbill said, he goes, I just think he just wants to pick the best tracksuit, go to the best tracksuit. Like, <laughs> and then what about when it was in 2005 and the Tristan Pritchard absolutely owned it. If you want to look at a YouTube, go to Carmel Hunt's debut. What Pritchard did to him on the football field would be considered modern day like a oh. So you get put away for what he did to him. I don't think it would be so ironic. brainy. It's ironic because... Carmel Hunt was born in New Zealand and left when he was 13. Frank Pritchard was born in New Zealand and left when he was 2. So Carmel Hunt was much more of a Kiwi than Pritchard, but Pritchard took so much offence to it. 
um, that he absolutely well, destroyed it. Um, all right, a couple more topics because we've been accused of going way too long last week. So a couple more things I want to hit. Um, Billy Slater. Look, okay. Not a favourite of mine. But I know he's not a favourite of yours, dive, but... And the diving. But... The fucking... The refs have... The refs, the refs are pretty good money. They have to... They have to take some money. Are, are, you, are you the kind of guy that says, oh, if it's within the rules, you do it? Or are you more of a moral code guy that, nah, there's certain things that I don't do? So, so look at the cricket, for example. The umpire gives you out. If you nick it, do you walk... Or if you know you look up at the umpire and you and, and but certain people lambast you for a cheap. No, right? there's a couple of things about so this. At the moment, a smart player, a smart player. Yeah, but there's rules, there's codes. Hang on, mate. There's a smart player will walk if he's edged it, if the game isn't on the line, and then he will give the impression to fans and umpires yep. that he's a walker. Agreed. So when he's chasing. 162 at Eden Park and he's 88 for 5 and he's edge run he doesn't they go oh but he walked last time so there's a there's a bit of mind game you have to play as a and I think so how did Slater do it he did it I think all of us would have done that in the spur of the moment you're trying to get your team I can't take that away from Billy you need to the ref needs to make a a scene and if he did dive did he dive yes agreed Twice. I could right. see it. I was at the game. I was about uh, 60 metres away. I could see it. Yeah, the ref couldn't. It's a bad look, though, from a future... Oh, in, bullshit, Rihari. You know what a bad look is? A bad look is suspending Sam Burgess for two weeks. That's terrible. And that's a bad look. And, and putting a good tackle on, attempting to use your arms again. That's, oh, don't get stuck me on a bad look, mate. I, I don't think that I don't. I, it, it pisses me off with guys going. The ref is the ref, it's on the refs. It's not. Why, the why does that piss you off? Because I reckon you people, hate the ref. Okay, so listen to this. About five years ago, they had that rule that if you stay down after a tackle, and it goes upstairs, and people look at it right, and then they give it. Oh, that fair. Listen to so. I'm listening. Over a period of time. Like it happened more and more and more, and people were staying down. And then it got basically a groundswell of rugby league players, and the NRL were like, "Fuck this! This is a weak game. We are not staying down." How many people stay down now to milk a penalty? Zero. Because they don't want to be associated with that. They want to really? be a hard game. Have Absolutely, this? that is awesome. Absolutely, we should be proud it's of that as our game. It's peer pressure. And people that stay down now will be absolutely ostracised because there's an unwritten rule that what you about, don't stay down now. You don't stay down because there's so much negative publicity about it about four or five years ago. There's other the side of the coin when you get a good run out of your fourth tackle and you've got sort of a cork and you take ages to play the ball. But Carter did it in the weekend for the Warriors. It really wound me up. What did he do? It was about the fourth tackle. So we're down by eight, 16 minutes to go. We've got a chance. He goes, and he obviously gets hurt. But he can't get up to play the ball. Because what, of a cork? Oh, or a cork or something. It just, yeah, but if you can't... You know I don't mind Carter. Yeah, yeah, but when you've got a corked limb... You get up and play the crack. ball. Yeah, but you're, he's trying to. He wasn't. I don't think he was trying hard enough. Well, I don't know. Mate, I can't believe you don't remember this. This was a turning point. No, well, Andrew McCullough twisted his leg and he didn't get charged. If that was Steve Matt, I would have got nine weeks. Potentially, but look... I, I thought the Broncos played really well. I was, I think they were top eight side, as I said today. They'll stay in the top. All right. So there's a couple other points we wanted uh, to touch on. What time are we hitting? Tibbs um, will be way gone. Thirty-nine. So we've got oh, yeah. three minutes, three or four minutes to go. One I wanted to hit really quickly before we go, and we might even finish on this. 
great new rule that they've introduced in Super League. And our Super League listeners, we know you're out there. Lots, probably our most vocal listeners are Super League. Yeah, they sway us off and not talking about you enough. We don't talk about you enough. But they are innovators, and they have always innovated over there because they have to. Yeah, they have to. Do um, and they don't have the market. Super League, due to the, uh, the um, currency exchange rate over the last 10 to 15 years, is, yeah. it's not as, as a, lucrative. an appeal or lucrative um, league to go and play in. But what they have done is they've innovated with the rules. And one rule that I saw on the weekend, which was just tremendous, which Vossi has kindly pointed out to me, so this constant, uh, this constant um, giving away penalties on your own line to get new, to get basically to get to rest, right? Yeah. What they do now in the um, Super League is the ref, if there's a penalty, a constant, a continual penalty on your own line, the ref starts to blow a windmill sign, and basically with, with what? With his hand. So not not the traditional windmill. No, what's the traditional windmill? <laughs> You know, a traditional one, but it's getting your uh, penis out and just like, <laughs> a windmill motion. No. Okay. The, you know, get the windmill hand out, and basically what that means is it's just another penalty straight on the track, straight on the spot. So people are getting away A penalty, penalty straight on the spot, which means you... Yeah, I've seen that happen. It's a continuation penalty So it's almost like an advantage in a way, because what people, teams are doing is they're giving away oh. penalties, so they bring the so captain Josh Jackson in, can talk and they come in and yeah. talk to him, and it's yeah. a minute, and then the defence just rests. Yeah, no, I agree. Do you feel like in a league sometimes it just takes too long to implement a new rule? Like, Mate... Imagine if you're a union fan. They, no, no, our union have got it all over league with implementing new rules. They do it all the time. Bullshit. Every year no, you don't, know your, you don't know your union. They do it all the time. I hope I don't know my union. Are you saying that you do know your union? No, but I'm pretty... I'm sure to get a rule changed in no, union, you have to get France signed off, Argentina, England. They've all got their own agendas. They implement them all the time, mate. What, no, name one recently. I can't. So I what? Well, how do you know that? You're uninformed. <laughs> nah, but I guess I'm going back to my days when I used to play contacts four, and every year there used to be two or three <laughs> new rules. But what do you think about that women rule, though? The what? I mean, oh, I think it's pretty hard. Isn't that element? Well, don't you have a take on this? I, you're a fucking dear, seriously. <laughs> of course, not a take on it. And it's not mine. It's Paul Kent's, I think. Well, it's not even his. But the old, um, if you infringe, the ref just does a windmill. But it's not a penalty. You just that tackle becomes one or zero. So how do they do that? So how, the windmill. Does he blow the whistle? No. No, he just broke. It's like you know how they like. Oh, does he blow the whistle? I would. So I think we've got the same thing here. I think that they don't blow the whistle. They do the windmill. Which, you know, like the power play in cricket. They They've got rid of that, haven't they? No, no, I think they still have a power play that's yeah. just different times. They blow that wind, they, they have the wind, I don't think they blow the whistle because they're trying to keep the fluidity of the game. Hang on, hang on. Cricket no, is not fluid. Oh, no, no, that's you, in, in, in rugby league. Okay, yeah, yeah, no, so, that's what I'm saying, yeah. I don't think they blow the whistle. Yeah, okay, no, that's, but even if they that's did basically whistle, what I'm but, saying. Even if they did blow the whistle and they did the wind, well, it means it's play on, it's play on. So even if you got tackled, you can just start running, you don't even have to play, play the ball. Uh, no, I think that you have to reset the tackle. But they don't call the they don't, what the key thing is they don't call the captains in and go get back. And what if they don't get back? Because it's Simba. It was like me uh, once I had to play a Rara game when I was about nineteen and I got Simbaed. No, I got sent off because I was like just playing the ball. <laughs> <laughs> when a guy goes into a game and just does not want to play the rules, it's fucking annoying. That is brilliant. 
That is brilliant. Um, right, okay. As we always like to do, I'm going to look ahead. The last last minute. I'm going to look ahead. To I think the, I'll, I'll say round seven is the worst round. Is it? Yeah, I think. So you're going tomorrow night. You're up in Sydney, Port yeah, You're going to go to the Bulldogs versus the Roosters. What's your take on that game? Roosters by eight. Is it ANZ or Allianz? ANZ. Um, top of the table clash, Dragons-Warriors. It's going to be a fantastic game. Um, Broncos-Storm. I reckon that'd be really interesting at Suncorp. I actually think the Broncos will win that. So do I. I think the Broncos are a good side. Rabbitohs Raiders. Rabbitohs easy, Burgess back. Because Raiders are two now, they're two in a row. Tigers over the Imposter Knights. That's what, where are they playing? That's some town in the middle of New South Wales. They're playing Scully Park. Do you not know where that is? It's somewhere out west or something. But anyway, Tigers surely. Okay. I like them, they're a good side. Okay, back to back. Surely this is Cowboys at 1300 Smile Stadium over the Titans. Surely this is like, fill your boots, guys. Go out there and bet your fucking, bet your wedding fund, bet your mortgage. What are we talking, $1.53? Bet your boys trip fund. You're talking $1.53 Cowboys head to head over the Titans. I'll take it, yep. What do I put on it? Jesus. But this, for me, is the match of the round. Sorry, is he, I didn't use Jesus' name in vain there. This is the match of the round for me. Eagles, the Eagles. Parramatta Eagles is this uh, Manly Sea Eagles. What, the desperation so, cup? I want the Eagles to go 0-11. I just want them to keep losing. So, this is the ANZ again, is it? Jeez. They who, lost by 50 last time. Who wins this? The Eagles don't have any front rowers, so the Eagles do. The Eagles win nah, this. No, the Eagles have got Fanua Blake and... But you, you can't just take two front rowers to a heavyweight... Oh, this isn't heavyweight, is it? Okay, so I'm going to go through the front rowers here. Fanua Blake to Powell. On the bench, they've got Lloyd Perrett. Well, that's their problem, isn't it? That's their problem. You can't bring Lloyd, Lloyd bring Perrett... Tofaloa Sipley. Tof Sipley, but he's a second rower. He's a prop. Is he? No, he's and not. And then Sharks, Panthers. Patrick's at the end. Shark Park. Time for the Sharks. Is that probably the worst game of the round? Or it's, it's the Matt Moylan, Moylan Maloney Cup. It is quite. It's actually the, um, it's the, what would you say? How, Charlie, Corey Howard at the nearest playing centre. It's the Charlie Chaplin Cup. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be a very cold temperature there out of Southern Cross. So when's Tyrone May back? I mm. like him. Two weeks' time. Nice. Yeah. The cup uh, at all Kiwi centre pairing for the uh, Panthers. And back back five almost. Wow. The white ten inches are losing. Um, righto, mate, anything else you want to raise before you go? You're gonna name your Queensland side next week. Yeah, I'll do that. That's and then I will name my uh you I will name my country. Queensland side the week after and you name your team up. The That's a good after. idea. Yep. Um is there any Denver test away ahead? Yes, it's all confirmed. Yeah, all right. well, we'll do the pinnacle of our game we'll from do a Denver. Denver test there. I did, nearly got that signed off from Mumsy, actually. Fuck me. All right, well, I probably can't get that signed off. But, mate, between now and then, you've got to love, love your league. Wake up in the morning after the weekend to get an update on the NRL. Illegal counsel. Wake up in the morning after the weekend to get an update on the NRL. My legal counsel. 
hits of the week and scandals on Monday. A story from Jack about a urinal. My legal counsel. 